U.S. inflation fell to 3% in June. Core inflation came in softer than expected as well. So the encouraging inflation data from the U.S. sent the U.S. yields and the U.S. dollar tumbling yesterday and the stocks rallying. So welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. So I guess everybody heard the good news yesterday. U.S. inflation is to 3%. It's still not the 2% targeted by the Federal Reserve, but it's getting there slowly. Core inflation, on the other hand, is more than expected as well to 4.8% level. So that's still more than twice the Federal Reserve's 2% monetary policy target. But again, the U.S. inflation numbers as they look today are clearly on the right path. The services inflation, for example, including the shelter costs, seem to be easing as well. And that was a big headache, remember? And all this is good news for breaking the Federal Reserve hawks back amid mounting tensions over the past few weeks. Now, there hasn't been much change in the expectation of another 25 basis point hike at the Federal Reserve's next monetary policy meeting that's due in July, which is now given a more than 90% chance of happening. But, 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 the expectation for a September hike of 25 basis points fell. The U.S. two-year yield dropped 17 basis points to 4.70% after the CPI data released yesterday, while the U.S. 10-year yield fell 12 basis points to 3.85%. Obviously, one question is, if inflation is easing at a, let's say, pleasing speed in the U.S., why on earth would the Federal Reserve bother raising the interest rates more from the actual levels? Wouldn't it be just better for them to just wait and see where inflation is headed from now? Well, the answer is yes, 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 but, but, but. But the Fed officials certainly continue thinking that 4.8% for core inflation is still too, too hot. And that the risk of a U-turn in inflation and in inflation expectations in the U.S. is still to be carefully and very carefully managed. Because one, inflation has peaked at 9% just a year from the actual levels and gasoline prices are down by around 27% since then. So that's a big change. And this favorable base effect will unfortunately gently start fading away in the coming months and the result on inflation numbers will be less appetizing. Then, the rising energy prices that we see today could also fuel these price dynamics again in the coming months. And if China actually manages to fuel their growth, and that's thanks to uh, their ample monetary and fiscal stimulus plans that are put in place today, well, the impact on global inflation could be felt. And if you actually listen to Richmond Fed's Thomas Barkin, that's pretty much exactly what comes out from his speech, because he's yesterday that if you back off too soon from interest rate hikes, well, inflation comes back stronger. But the possibility of two more interest rate hikes from the Fed moving forward following the most aggressive interest rate hiking cycle from the Federal Reserve on its history, well, starts looking a bit stretched to me with the actual data that we have in hand. And due to be released today, the U.S. producer price inflation data is also expected to have fallen to the lowest 
levels since the pandemic months and we could even see some deflation in the producer price numbers. And also it's important to note that I actually see a potential Chinese boost to inflation as being much, much less threatening today compared to a couple of months ago at the beginning of this year. And the latest uh, data uh, from China actually agrees with me because Chinese exports plunged 12.4% in the month of June. That was worse than the 7.5% drop that was printed in May. And that was also worse than the market forecast of a 9.5% decline. The June decline that we saw in Chinese export numbers actually marked the steepest fall in sales since February 2020. And the deteriorating foreign demand on the back of high inflation that we have in our Western economies and the rising interest rates actually continued taking a toll on the Chinese trade numbers and Chinese business. And in the meantime, well, the Chinese imports fell 68 8% during the same month and that was the fourth straight month of decrease in Chinese imports and that's due to persistently weak domestic demand. So China will likely recover at some point in time in the second half of this year but we will unlikely see the Chinese growth put a severe severe pressure on commodity markets and energy prices. So that's one good news for inflation watchers out there. The other one is well the US student loan repayments will resume from October this year and that should act as a restrictive fiscal action from the US government which should in theory decrease the people's who are actually concerned all these people's purchasing power and help the Federal Reserve tame inflation in the US. So even though there could be an uptick in inflation figures in the coming months in the US well we will unlikely see inflation in the US spike back above the 4 to 5 percent range again but on the other hand we will also unlikely see it fall to two percent level easily but for now the sell-off in the US dollar accelerates with the US dollar index now approaching the hundred psychological level with big and steady steps so this is good news obviously for inflation in the rest of the world as well because the softer the US dollar well, the softer the energy and the raw material prices negotiated in the international markets in terms of the US dollar. So in the same way, the US dollar's appreciation actually fueled inflation globally. Its depreciation could also help ease inflationary pressures around the world as well. So the euro dollar spiked to 111.50 levels since yesterday, since the CPI data in the US came in softer than expected. The pair is approaching my 112 target on the back of a broad-based US dollar sell-off right now. Cable advanced past the 130 level yesterday for the exact same reason, while the dollar yen extended losses below the 140 psychological mark and is testing the 138 level this morning. The pair is now at an important crossroads in terms of technical numbers because it's testing an important support line that's building since March this year. In precious metals, well, even gold is thriving these days on the back of softer US yields and the softer US dollar. Now, the price of an ounce of gold rallied past the $1960 yesterday and consolidates near the 1955 level at the time I'm talking here this morning. And in the energy space, well, oil 
bulls actually target the 200 day moving average that stands near the 77 dollar per barrel mark but as i was saying in the latest episodes of market talk i believe that the 77 80 dollar range will be hard to drill as the higher the energy prices while the higher the inflation and the inflation expectations and the higher the inflation expectations well the tighter the federal reserve monetary policy and the tighter the federal reserve's monetary policy the stronger the odds for a recession and the stronger the odds of a recession while the softer the global demand for energy and hence the softer the energy prices as a result of it so for oil it's never a one-sided victory in equities soft u.s inflation and decline in u.s yields pushed s&p 500 to a fresh high since april 2022 the index flirted with the 4500 level yesterday on expectation that the federal reserve will hike one more time and then stop hiking and that the actual tightening cycle in the u.s could very well end with a soft landing for the u.s economy nasdaq 100 index on the other hand rallied to the highest level since the beginning of last year meta for example jumped something like 3.70 percent yesterday on the back of inflation optimism in the u.s and on the back of the news that its threads platform is now growing quite well while dampening traffic on rival twitter and well, speaking of Nasdaq 100 as a whole, because Nasdaq 100 index is now over, over concentrated in mega cap stocks like Apple, Meta or Amazon. Well, there will be a rebalancing in the weightings of the index uh, because Nasdaq has a rule stating that the aggregate total of individual weights above four and a half percent in the index shouldn't exceed 48% of the total weighting. And if you look at the index today, the Magnificent 7 is worth around 55% of the Nasdaq 100 index. So the changing weights could actually weigh on Nasdaq's valuation today as the best, best performing stocks will see their weight drawn down. So the new weightings will be announced as soon as today. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and interesting messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading